You're listening to a podcast from the Cat. Welcome to In Case You Missed It for the 2nd of August 2020. On this week's show, local residents Kimberly Smith and her 10-year-old daughter Millie are having their hair cut for the Little Princess Trust. Mrs Darlington's Jams is a crew-based jam preserve and chutney maker that has been around since the 80s. Des and Dave speak to Sarah Darlington, daughter of the company's founder Marion, and now key player in the business. We look at a couple of local news stories from the week and we get an update from the Nantwich Food Festival about this year's postponement and the lockdown awards. That's all on the way. After seeing a Facebook video showing a little girl receiving a wig of her own, Kimberly Smith and her 10-year-old daughter Millie are having their hair cut for the Little Princess Trust on Tuesday 25th of August in Crewe. The Little Princess Trust provides free, real hair wigs to children and young people up to 24 years of age who have lost their own hair through cancer treatment or other conditions. Dave Fawkes spoke to Kim earlier this week. Kim, thank you so much for coming on. Dying to hear all about uh, your escapade with your hair. And um, it's uh, Kim Smith and daughter Millie. Millie, are you there as well? Yeah. Oh, marvellous stuff. Excellent. Now then, um, any of you listeners out there who've got nice long locks of flowing hair... um, not you gents who haven't been to the barbers because of lockdown, but um, the the ladies amongst us with long flowing locks of hair. How would you like it if you if somebody said cut it all off? Ah, mm. this is just exactly what's going to happen to Kim and Millie. Am I right, Kim? Right, I'm not having it all off. I'm not going bald. Okay, um, but. They are asking, they ask for a minimum of seven inches. Right. But they are in desperate need of 12 inches. Okay. Who? Who's that? Who's they? Uh, the Little Princess Trust. The Little Princess Trust. And what, why are they using the hair then? What? What's that all about? What do we do with, with the hair when you've chopped it off? The hair goes to, you send it off to the Little Princess Trust. Yep. And they have special wig makers that obviously make them into wigs. Right. Um, for children and adults up to the age of 24 years that have had cancer or, you know, conditions so they lose their hair. Yep. And it gives them the confidence then. Oh, right, I see. So if you have chemotherapy, yeah, um... Uh, yeah. The byproduct of that usually is you use your hair, and if you've lost your hair and you're maybe a teenager or a young adult, that's going to really impact upon you, isn't it? Because um, you, you, well, <laughs> you just need to follow the fashion. You need to be accepted um, within your age group, and going round bald is probably not a good look. No. Okay. So, so th- this th- the hair that uh, you've both grown because Millie's going to have. Um, her hair cut off as well. Um, Will that go into, like, just one wig or did they put all the hair together? How does that work? Do you know? To be honest, I don't actually know. I think it depends on how much you can send in, how thick your hair is. Yeah. Maybe if someone requests different coloured hair, 
so they can mix it with other hair. Ah, right. Okay. Now, can we can we be bold enough to ask uh, what colour hair it would be yours and what colour hair is Millie's? My hair is dark brown. Yeah. Wait, let me see. Mine is a mixture between, like, brown, strawberry, blonde, ginger. <laughs> it's like hair, my hair's changed colour, like, from season sometimes, so it's hard to tell. Has it? So you, you, that that could be a really groovy look, isn't it? If somebody gets your hair, that that would be really cool. Now then, the other question I wanted to ask you is, who's cutting whose hair? Um, Kim, we, are you going to let uh, Millie loose with a pair of scissors? No chance. <laughs> oh, that's a bit unfair, Millie. <laughs> I'm sure you'd make a good barber. Um, all right, the other way round, Millie, are you letting your mum cut your hair off? No, we've already got people set for it. Have you? Okay. Cool, total makeover. Right. Oh, that sounds posh. All oh, right. I love that. And when, when's the big cut-off day? When are you going to get it all cut off? So we're having it done on Tuesday, the 25th of August. Okay. Um, We were having it done this year. We did think about it because of... Covid hitting, maybe doing it next year, but we said let's go for it. And let's do, do it. it. And, and what made you think about doing it for this little princess trust? What 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 was the trigger yeah. for that? On Facebook, I think it was somewhere online. This little girl, she'd lost her hair. Yeah. And in this video, it showed her getting one of the wigs. And then she was really, really, really happy. And I thought, I could do that. I could make someone happy. Oh, Millie, that's lovely. What a lovely thing to think about. So um, have you sort of deliberately let it grow a little bit longer and then now it's of a length where you can cut a decent bit off? Is that right? Yeah. Okay. And what's it, what's it going to feel like with, with sort of having all your locks cut off? I'll be fine with it. Will you? Oh, you, you sound re like a really cool lady. I think you'd be fine. Okay, well, um, in terms of the um, the event itself, yeah, um, have you got have you got something special lined up? Is there are lots of people going to be there watching you get your hair cut? We have told people of the day. It's like I've sent out a few leaflets and posters. But obviously, because of COVID and how many people can go in the hairdressers, yeah, it wouldn't matter too much if people didn't turn up. Okay. I'll have pictures and I'll put the pictures online. You could and have that on YouTube, couldn't you? You could do it as a, like um, a video. Yeah. yeah, there is ways of doing it. Oh, that that's way. fab. That's fabulous. Well, um, I, I, I must admit personally, I, I'd love to get a lot of hair cut off, but I haven't got much. <laughs> I haven't got much, so that's not going to work, is it really? <laughs> <laughs> uh, but the, oh, the very, very best of luck to you on that one. And um, if people wanted to donate, how, how would how would that happen, um, Kim? What what would we need to do to sort of go, oh, good on you ladies, here's a fiver? How, how would that happen? We have a GoFundMe set up. Okay. Uh, and you put in haircut for Little Princess. The team on it is Kim and Millie. That's all you basically need to put in. We also have loads of links 
on Facebook, on the crew sites, on the crew Nantwich selling site. Yeah. If you can't find them, just put in Kim Smith in the search box. Yeah. Or even comment on there, and I'm sure I'll pick it up. Okay. Well, that's great, and that is really, really, really cool, Millie. I take my hat, take my hair off to you. <laughs> that is a wonderful thing to spot, and oh, do you know what? Um, that's really, really. Everybody at the cat says uh, well done for for thinking of that as well. Uh, now then, we had uh, dance monkey for your mum, uh, Millie. But do you know what? I've got. I'm really sorry. We haven't got the Nickelback one. What what would you think about if we played Old Town Road? Oh, I'd like that. Would you? It's, it seems to be popular with a lot of uh, people round about your age, so I thought that might work. So, um, OK, well, thank you so much, Kim and Millie, and the very best of luck. What was that date again? When's the, when's the big cut-off date? Tuesday the 25th of August. Tuesday the 25th of August. You can catch interviews live on our Your Community programmes, which air every weekday at 11am, on your FM radio, smart speaker, and on thisisthecat.com. You can also find a link to the GoFundMe page for Kim and Millie's fundraiser on our website. You're listening to In Case You Missed It on The Cat with me, Aidan. You can get in touch with the show by emailing listen at thisisthecat.com if you have thoughts or comments on anything we talk about. Marion Darlington started making her award-winning range of products in the 1980s. Now, at 80 years young, Marion is still the Mary Berry of recipe creation in the family firm. There are few to rival her skill in creating preserves and chutneys with such fabulous homemade taste. In 2002, they began to export to countries on the continent, and in 2011, Mrs. Darlington's Jams, based in Crewe, began to ship their products beyond Europe and headed out to the USA, Australia, New Zealand, along with a host of other countries. Earlier this week, Sarah, Marion's daughter, now a key figure in the business, appeared on the hot desk with Des and Dave. How's, um, how's Jam been doing in lockdown? Oh, it's, it's been incredible, to be honest, absolutely incredible. We wouldn't have dreamt this, obviously, like most of this country. What was going to happen happened. Um, the first few weeks were a little bit quiet and we were a little bit nervous because a lot of our customers had closed all the garden centres. Yeah. And then slowly but surely the orders came in and came in and came in even bigger. Um, and we've never stopped since. It's been phenomenal. We're probably up about 50%. Wow. So you've, you've not really had to furlough any employees at all then? No, we've had some employees that had to be shielded, uh, but now we've actually taken staff on. We're probably booking the trend a little bit. I would think you are. Excellent mm. stuff. Um, mm. Well, to be to be perfectly honest, Sarah, um, what you're saying, <coughs> excuse me, is not massively surprising. On the back of figures that said um, consumption of tea and biscuits um, yeah. had gone through the roof as well. So I think yeah. uh, people are putting a little bit on a scone or uh, toast eating from home and and obviously yeah, you're mirroring think, that that kind of trend yeah absolutely i think i think in the first few weeks obviously myself included a lot of people were doing a lot of extra baking yeah uh, making cakes and the the strawberry jam and the lemon curd were, were going in cakes and then obviously there's lots of people who perhaps found themselves at home with, with furlough and making their own sandwiches and deciding to put some chutney on it or some ketchup um, and people have got the children at home, so maybe making jam sandwiches. I, I couldn't say for certain exactly what it was, but clearly they were looking for, for jam, so uh, we're, we were I, I able to help. Have you, have you found that mail order's gone through the ceiling then? 
Oh, the first few weeks, as we just we just couldn't keep up it because we only do a little tiny bit of mail order. It's not uh, uh, really more of it's a service to customers for anyone that's elderly or disabled or can't get to a shop or they live somewhere where there isn't a, a stockist. So we used to do five or six mail orders a day, which is just packing it up ourselves. Um, and the first week of lockdown, we had sixty-six orders in the first day. <laughs> we, you know, we're big supporters of the retail trade in the UK. Um, you know, we champion the small local shops because they're our customers and we all work together. We don't supply into any of the big multiples. So one thing about the pandemic, I think, has been a nice thing. Obviously, it's been a terrible thing for the country and the world, but I think for small, some smaller businesses, it's been uh, amazing because suddenly they've got all these local people coming into their shop and I hope that those people will remember that those little shops were there to help them when they needed them um, and will continue to use them because obviously the last 10 years, the retail trade has suffered terribly you know, on the high street. So maybe this has just reduced a little bit of that balance, and uh, I'm pleased that some of them have done really well the last last three or four months. Um, Sarah, I understand that um, you, you've made a commemorative jar of strawberry jam and lemon curd for yes, that's correct. Uh, specifically for VE Day. Uncle Bill was actually one of the servicemen that was rescued from the beaches of Dunkirk and came back in the um, flotilla of small boats. Wow. Um, it deeply affected him. He was never the same man again, Dad said. Um, so we really felt we wanted to play our part in commemorating such a, um, you know, a big occasion. So we did um, the two limited editions, lemon curd and strawberry jam with the poppies on the label. Yeah. Um, and we donated 10 pence from every jar to the armed forces charity SAFA hoping that we might you know raise a few thousand but in the end because of the extra sales due to covid um, we were able to send them a check for six thousand pounds so oh, at least that was astonishing because you am, am i right in thinking that you're second generation uh, within the brand if yeah. you like yes okay. well mrs darlington's my mum Okay. So she's, she's still with us. She was here this morning, actually. She was just... Was she? Do, yeah. do you know, I think from a point of view of that, I think, um, I don't know, you'll be able to answer this, but the brand as a brand continuum, if you like, is really important, isn't it? Yes, absolutely, which, you know, we're proud to be Darlington and Daughters, uh, which I think is quite unusual in, the, yeah. in all the companies that are and sons. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, so um, obviously mum and dad started the business, um, but my sister and I have continued it, and we've even got the next generation here at the moment because my children are helping and since they finished school in packing boxes and doing whatever they need doing. That, is that Molly and Jack, is it? That's right, they're twins, yeah, they're 15. Oh, they're twins, all oh, right. Oh, Dave's got a little story to tell you about Molly. Um, <laughs> do you know what? When you sent your choice of tunes through, um, Sarah, Des yeah. read it as David Bowie had recorded a tune called Molly because we couldn't find the tune by David Bowie called Molly. However, so. we did find one called Gene Gene. So. We got Gene Gene. <laughs> um, in terms of uh, where you are now, obviously um, COVID, in, in a perverse way, has been good to you as a company. What, yeah. what's, what's the next step then? What Are you, are you going to ride that wave? What, what? I think we just have to, to take it as it comes. I mean, you know, it's very hard to judge what's going to happen. And, you know, we've, we've, we've got a really loyal staff here. I'm incredibly proud of how they all pulled together and helped me, especially in the first few weeks when it was quite scary coming to work. Um, they were absolutely brilliant. So I need to protect the business for their sakes as well because it's their livelihood. Sure. Um, and we don't know what's coming, do we, any of us anymore? Um, we're, we're hoping for a, a good Christmas coming up. 
Um, but if there is a recession and there's obviously going to be a lot of debt in the country, I don't know how business is going to be in January, February next year. So uh, as the old adage says, we're trying to make hay while the sun shines, but just very conscious that it may not last forever. It's a very... In terms of uh, where you are, obviously you're one of the success stories. Um, have you got any advice to a company who maybe haven't done as well as you? What, what's the business ethos? I think we've always just tried to um, just keep calm and carry on. It's trying to think things through carefully, don't make any quick decisions, and it's about having something in reserve in case things go wrong. And I think you know a lot of businesses might just think about that a bit more in the future. That you know you don't know what's around the corner, yeah. and we're perhaps very cautious in some ways, but then it's served as well in others. So um, I think it's very difficult for people at the moment. And if you're in the hospitality industry, there's, there's it's very tricky but you know when, when the going gets tough the tough get going and I think as, as British business people entrepreneurial that um, we can always usually find a way out of it and I've been so impressed by some of the pubs and restaurants that have found different ways of serving the customers and setting up farm shops in the pub and um, doing takeaways and afternoon teas and I think that's just a classic case of British spirit coming through. Well that's a terrific maxim um, and, and certainly here at the Cat we, we hope you continue the good work and you bring wealth into the uh, local economy. Thank you very much, Tess. Thank you very much for yeah, the call. Sarah, it's been a pleasure to speak to you. Thanks, and the Thank best you. of luck going forward. And Thank thanks you. very much for coming on the cat. Still to come on the programme, a look at a couple of the local news stories from the week, and we get an update from the Nantwich Food Festival about this year's postponement and the lockdown awards. That's all on the way. You can get more information on any of the stories, organisations and interviews we feature on In Case You Missed It at thisisthecat.com by clicking through to our podcast section and selecting this week's show. This week's news, blue badge holders and patients who regularly attend appointments for long-term conditions will be allowed to park for free at Leighton Hospital in Crewe from Saturday the 1st of August under new long-term concessions introduced by the Trust. Parents of sick children staying overnight at Leighton Hospital will also be entitled to free parking. Parking charges for all other patients and visitors to Leighton Hospital and Victoria Infirmary will be reinstated on the 1st of August following their temporary suspension during the coronavirus pandemic. Due to low numbers of visitors during the peak of the pandemic, charges and restrictions were suspended to enable staff to park for free on inpatient car parks located closer to the buildings. In other news, a crew volunteer-run bike shop, which has kept key workers in the saddle throughout the coronavirus pandemic, is now stepping up a gear. Community Recycle Cycles in Coronation Crescent has not only joined the government's Fix Your Bike initiative, but is also jointly launching a new bicycle loan service later this year. Community Recycle Cycles has a diverse yet tight-knit and supportive team with an emphasis on mentoring and bringing out the best in everyone, including the opportunity to gain nationally recognised bike mechanic qualifications. There are currently 24 volunteers at the shop, aged between 13 and 79, including several with mental health issues, physical disabilities or complex learning needs. You can keep up to date with the local news as it happens on thisisthecat.com throughout the week.
In Case You Missed It is available live on Sunday afternoons at 3pm on 107.9 FM. This is thecat.com and on your smart speaker. You can also listen again after the fact with the podcast. Available on smart speakers, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts and many other apps and services. More details can be found at thisisthecat.com and clicking through to podcasts. This year's Nantwich Food Festival has had to be postponed because of COVID-19. The festival annually showcases food and food makers from around the local area and around the world. This year, in its place, the food festival are holding the Lockdown Awards. John Phillips, the festival's marketing manager, came on air this week to tell Dave Fawkes what it's all about. Hi, good morning, Dave. Good morning, John. How in the world are you? I'm very well. And it's nice to have a day when it's not raining. Do you know, St Swithin's, we did a little feature on that, July the 15th, and uh, <laughs> virtually every day since then um, there's been some kind of rain. So, yeah, it's got a lot to answer for, old St Swithin. Um, right, John, uh, John, you are the marketing manager for the Nantwich Food Festival, and uh, we all know and well documented that, unfortunately, it won't be taking place this year but uh, you've gone virtual haven't you you've you've set up the virtual um uh, food yes uh, we decided to, to go online because we are aware that many of the visitors to the food festival sort of regularly visit uh, their favorite store holders so we thought by going online they could find out you know link details for their those stores they normally like to visit and hopefully maybe able to purchase goods through some of the stalls who are offering online shopping. Of course, yeah. Um, now, in terms of, it's a massive event, um, you know, huge, huge, thousands and thousands of, of people arrive. The, the website that um, you've put the, the producers on, if you like, and the stall holders, is that, uh, is that, how's that laid out is it in a virtual thing or is it a list of people involved what what does the website look like well if, if people just go onto our website which is nantwichfoodfestival.co.uk yeah first of all they'll see in the background uh visuals of what's involved in setting up the food festival during normal years yeah and also they can then visit various parts of what would normally be the festival site so they can click on i normally go to the bowling green click on the bit that says bowling green and a list of the exhibitors who are normally present at the bowling green will appear and they can scroll through that list up to a description of each of the exhibitors together with a link of how they can actually contact those exhibitors fab do you know so that if you want to yeah. have a favorite cheese maker yeah log on and you can go and see if you can buy some cheese from them excellent stuff i love the way you've done that john i love the way you've done that because it is uh in like you say in normal years it is in quite defined chunks isn't it there's a bit on the bowling green there's a bit on the um the love car park love lane car park yeah there's yeah. a bit in the square and then of course you've got um the stuff going on in the civic as well so i think from the point of view of that i love the way you've done that absolutely love that uh, and then we can sort of it's almost like walking around virtually then isn't it it is and we're also trying to add things to it all the time uh, we're trying to almost recreate as much as possible the food festival online brilliant stuff i mean a lot of lot of things have gone online haven't they so uh, I'm, I'm so glad that you've been able to get um, a presence uh, even though 
you know, unfortunately, it won't be happening this year. Okay. Um, in terms of the uh, producers that uh, that are on your site, is there a link back to their website? Can you sort of um, press a link and go back and see what they would have been exhibiting, maybe? You can link back to their website. And for some, they'll have produced some specialised information about what they would normally do. For others, there will actually be a link to their own online shop because... Many of the, our exhibitors also exhibit at other food festivals. Sure. And with those also not operating, they're needing to find other means of gaining income. And so they've actually set up their own online shops. Yeah, I've got you. It's just a pity we can't actually eat anything as we. <laughs> Man, you could do, couldn't you? <laughs> yeah, you, you... It, it, that's the one thing we can't quite recreate: <laughs> eating, the drinking, and the atmosphere. <laughs> oh, never mind. But that's the next best thing. Um, in, in terms of um, the the sort of the producers that are online, uh, you mentioned to me when we were off air about an awards scheme that you've got. Uh, you, you're dishing out some awards, yeah? Yeah. Every year in relation to the food festival, we've also had the food festival awards, yep. which are, you know, awards uh, based on the voting of people who live within the Antwerp of their favourite restaurant, their favourite pub, the best food supplier, etc. But obviously, this year uh, is slightly different, and instead of having our usual food awards, we've introduced what we call the non-twitch lockdown award oh right okay uh mainly because you know food festival is very much a community event and we wanted to you know recognize you know individuals and businesses within the local community who have sort of helped support the community during what have been the challenging times you know during the lockdown and to some extent those challenging times are still continuing yeah because i think the thing is the food festival brings uh, producers and and businesses from all over the place absolutely all over the country but there's the ones that the businesses that are there all the time there's the you know the market stall holders uh, the various coffee shops etc etc they're they're the sort of bedrock of the town for the 360 odd days that there's no food festival and it's great that you're acknowledging them is that the way it's going to work is it local businesses yeah it's really to acknowledge local businesses i mean if we go back to the origins of the food festival not only was it designed to bring a wide range of different foods for people from the town and the area to, to try from outside suppliers, but it was also designed to promote local suppliers and for people to come and visit and see the town yep. and use the local cafes, restaurants, pubs, shops. And although they may not always be able to do that when the festival is on itself, we find that many people say, oh, this is really nice. I think I'll come back. Yeah. Yep, and indeed. that was the origins of the food festival. Fabulous. So what, what's the different categories of the award, John? What, uh, what's the range? Well, we have five different categories. We have uh, what we call in the Community Heroes Awards, which is for adult individual volunteers or key workers that have in some way supported you know, the community or local residents or local neighbours yep. during the... the well, lockdown, and I also continue to do so now. And then another award, especially for young people, because we find sometimes that young people get overlooked 
but a lot of them have sort of, you know, adapted and have helped out. Sure, you know, during, absolutely. During the current problems. Absolutely. And rightly so, as you know, as a food festival, we wanted to have some... Do you, do you know, John, we, we've been running our own little community hero and I've been privileged, yeah. and I do mean privileged, to meet some of these younger folks who've just taken it to heart. They've gone, right, I want to help. So uh, I'm so glad you've got a category for that because, uh, like I said, I, I do know firsthand that uh, the, the kids have just stepped up to the plate, so I'm, I'm glad you're doing that, definitely. So what other ones have we got besides the individual ones, then? What? Obviously, we, we still wanted to recognise local food businesses who have, you know, found it very difficult over the last few months and have had to change and adapt, you know, to continue, you know, to su supply the, the community and also to continue to survive as a business. So we sure. wanted to recognise what they have done and how they've adapted. But we're also, it's not just food businesses. A lot of businesses have sort of had to adapt so we've also created what we call a business positivity award for for those businesses who have shown sort of initiative in trying to help the community. Now that could be anything from a business who's decided to produce masks for the health workers yep. to you know a business who's trying to offer online deliveries. You know when previously they haven't been able to do so. Yep. Got you. Well, I think a lot of businesses have had to sort of morph. They've had to change their offering. They've mm. had to look at how they can service the clientele in a different way. So again, that that is a really, really relevant award, John, and and that's great and that you've sort of moved in the direction of the current climate uh, and acknowledged the uh, the efforts that the local communities made. Brilliant stuff. Brilliant. Yeah. Okay. And then we have uh, one final award, which is yeah. a bit more of a fun award which is the, what we're calling Lockdown Kitchen Creations. Ah. I am certain, I don't know if you had a go at yourself, Dave, a lot of us sort of decided to have a go at baking. Oh, John, if you only knew the, di the dilemmas of me getting anywhere near a stove, forget that, <laughs> just not happening. Oh, dear. But you're right, uh, a lot of people have had a go themselves, so oh, that's another great category. Whoever's thought these up, John, uh, hats off, these are absolutely on the money at the moment. How, how do people vote? How, how, well, first off, how do they uh, nominate uh, people? Well, how, we're what? not actually looking... To we're not actually looking for people to vote because we uh, what we're actually doing is looking for people to nominate people nominate in yeah right each okay of these categories yeah and further information can be found on our website uh, so I said nantwichfoodfestival.co.uk uh, where nomination forms exist yeah now what I think it's important to emphasise is you can see the list of nominations oh I've got to think of one for each category no you don't if you think some you know a young person who's done something which you think has been value and helped out their local community yep. just nominating that category got you. got you so you don't have to fill the whole form if it's something specific yeah, brilliant. all we ask is you to put who you nominated why you've nominated and also your own name so that, oh uh, yeah yeah fabulous stuff well it looks as though um you know we've n we're not going to have the real thing but that is amazing whoever's put that together john uh, hats off to you and everybody down there that's great stuff okay well um we'll look forward to racking my brains to see who i can nominate it won't be me for that uh, cooking award i know that i'm only nominating <laughs> myself do you do you do any cooking john 
Oh, I must admit, I did give it a go during lockdown. Did you? What did you do? Well, I, I, I was sort of doing crumbles and sponges and... Were you? Things, things mm. like that. Okay. <laughs> and what what was your mark? Would you get a make on um, Would you get on MasterChef or Bake Off with those? Well, let, let's put it this way: people did eat it, whether they liked it. Is <laughs> <laughs> another matter. Oh, fabulous stuff! Uh, just give us the website again for the uh, for the nominations. It's NantwichFoodFestival.co.uk. That's brilliant. Well, John, I wish you all the very best of luck for that. Uh, I know everybody's saying, you know, it's going to be bigger and better in 2021. I'm sure that is the case. But you've that made a certainly the plan. Uh, you made a sterling effort uh, to fill the gap in the meantime. So that's fantastic. For more information on next year's festival and the lockdown awards, visit www.nantwichfoodfestival.co.uk. That's it for this week's edition of In Case You Missed It. We'll be back next week for another look at the last seven days on the cat and in our local area. Go to listen.thisisthecat.com for more podcasts and more ways to listen.